Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake Post Wild Card Weekend and the best weekend in football set. Jared Bailey, joined by my good friend Matt Ritteram. Good to see you as always, buddy. Um, the uh, you know, another chapter about to be written in uh, Bills Chiefs, but uh, first time in Orchard Park in the playoffs. How how, how are you, by the way? We'll, we'll start with that. It was a good weekend. I'm good. You know, the weekend actually, from a football perspective, kind well, of sucked. Yeah, it wasn't great. There was one really competitive game, yeah. and the rest of them were kind of not good. The other five games were absolute maskers. Although the Bills and Steelers, the Bills did all they could to, to make that game interesting. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really ever thought Pittsburgh was going to win that game. So uh, yeah, I mean, there was one good game. There were four games that were total blowouts, and then one that was like a blowout, and then briefly not a blowout, and then kind of ended. <laughs> in a I, I will say this though, like. For games that were mostly blowouts, they were at least fun blowouts. Like we got to see a bunch of, you know, with the with the Browns and Texans, that was just okay. CJ Stroud's putting on a show. Joe yep. Flacco, Joe Flacco'd. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know that that train was going to run out of steam, and it did. Um, I'll, I'll ask you this to start off though, because there was, you know, two really young up and coming quarterbacks who I think kind of put their stamp that okay, we're going to be here for a long time. Which one? If you had to choose going forward, would you rather have? Would you rather have CJ Stroud? Would you rather have Jordan Love? It's funny. I actually literally just finished like minutes ago writing my film study up, and the main thrust of it was that CJ Stroud and Jordan Love are the next wave of great quarterbacks. Um, I'd rather have Stroud, but I think Love is awesome. Hmm. I think Stroud is the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes that's come out of the draft since Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. Like when you watch him, he makes throws – under serious duress that you're like, that guy has no business making that throw. None. And Mahomes was amazing at that when he first came out, where there'd be times you're like, oh, that, like if you were watching him, big throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. And then he would just rip some ball like 40 yards across the middle of the field to somebody. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, and then he did it like four or five more times. And then you start throwing, it's like, okay, this guy can just do this, where you've never really seen that before, at least not, not consistently. Um, I think Love is incredible, and I've gotten to spend a lot of time with him. I wrote a piece on him during OTAs. I was up in Green Bay. We sat down one-on-one, got to know him a little bit. Great guy. Um, I mean, I've spent a good amount of time at the Packers this year. I was up there for training camp. I was up for OTAs. I, I talked to LaFleur. Like, I'm not surprised that he played well. I am surprised he's been this good this fast. I just right. thought it might take a little while, but he's been excellent. I was on. Uh, I was talking to JP Acosta last night, and um, we were on a podcast together, Chase Thomas podcast for Blue Wire, and we were having the discussion like, okay, going forward, like, is it safe to say that you would rather have Love over Dak? And I emphatically said yes. yes. Uh, yes. And, and I don't think that it's much of a, a conversation anymore. And that brings me to the Cowboys, since we're on the topic of Love and Green Bay and Dallas. At what point do we just acknowledge that? Okay. This is just who he is, and maybe just who the Cowboys are. Like, because coming into this year, you and I've had these talks. Like, I picked Dallas to get to the Super Bowl, and you know, it's the same old story. Yep. I just, 
are we at this point where we just have to be like, look, until proven otherwise, I'm not, I don't care about, I'm not taking Dallas seriously. Yeah. I mean, look, I, like every other dope in the media, took my stab at it. And it's like, I'll, I'll pick them to go to the Super Bowl this year because my thought was basically they have an easier schedule than Philly because they finished in second place. Yeah. I thought it was a year too soon for the Lions. Although the Lions have been pretty much what I thought they'd be. So I'm not, I'm not totally off there. I thought the South would suck. It does. And I thought the West would be San Francisco and Seattle. And I should have just flipped Seattle and the Rams. Um, so I said, you know, maybe this is the year. But I knew, and I even wrote it, I believe, in my predictions for SI. I, like, I know this is going to suck in three weeks. I know I'm going to hate myself. And as you watch them throughout the year, they couldn't beat good teams. I mean, the only the only really you know quality team they beat was Philly. And Philly turned out to be a complete disaster down the stretch. Yeah. So I don't know if you include that. My problem with the Cowboys isn't even that they lost. Like, okay, yeah, that is obviously the result, and that that's what you can't have. But they got the hell kicked out of them. Like, they didn't even show up. You know, it's just that you look totally unprepared. You know, they, they didn't fight. And that's one thing I always look for in teams, too. They didn't even fight. They just mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, we're done. That's it. And then, yeah, okay, at the very, very end, they got a couple of meaningless scores. But, like, they never came back. You're at home. You're supposedly the better team. You can't do anything. You know, I mean, how many more times do I have to show McCarthy looking up at the, the jumbotron above the, the field and Jerry looking catatonic in the box? It's just at some point you you have reached your ceiling. You've maxed out. You are who you are. And this team with this coach, they've maxed. That's it. Like This is what they are. They're a playoff team every year. They can win the division. But they're going home in the first or second round of the playoffs. That's what's happening. Because we've seen that over and over and over, and there is no reason to think that all of a sudden that's going to just magically change in 2024. The first team in NFL history to win 12 games in three consecutive years and not make a conference championship are the Dallas Cowboys. And Greg Olson kept pointing it out during the broadcast, like the Packers defense is the worst in the NFL when it comes to stopping the pass on early downs, and Dallas couldn't be bothered to do that early on. Yeah. They, they didn't do anything to attack the weakness of Green Bay. Um, another thing that was pretty evident, C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott, completely different planets from each other throughout the entirety of the game. And like early on, like that's one thing like, OK, get it, you know, figure it out throughout. C.D. Lamb just looked totally just he couldn't be bothered. Like, I hate to use the word mopey, but I guess that's kind of the best way to put it. It was just after like the first miscommunication, it was evident that like, oh, OK, yeah, this they might already be done because there seems to be just a complete like dis connect between Dak and, and, and CeeDee Lamb. Um, and that continued on the uh, on the pick six when everybody in the building knew that the ball was going to go to CeeDee on third down, as did Green Bay. And then that was kind of the final dagger when, when Dallas was driving. So now, if you're the Cowboys, one, I think it's safe to say, is Mike McCarthy gone? And two, who comes, who who's next? Because Jerry is very much in, I want to win now. You know, he doesn't, I'm pretty sure Jerry's pretty aware that, you know, how much time does he have left of being, you know, able to to witness a team win a championship. So in terms of who they go with next, I think it is going to be one of these big splash hires, whether it be of Brable or if he can try to get Bill Belichick to uh, to sign on. But I don't know, man. I think it's safe to say that McCarthy's gone. He ought to be. Should be. Yeah. Right. And I, I think sometimes we have this tendency to have like these massive overreactions, but I mean, what, what confidence do you have that he's going to help you win a Super Bowl? And I don't have any time for these, these conversations where it's like, well, 
He wins games. I mean, who gives a shit? He, he doesn't win big games. Yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, you know, you know who else? Like, and we're not there yet. We're not there yet. If, if Mike McDaniel does this again mm. next year, like you're going to start hearing conversations about it. I'm not even saying he will be gone, but like you'll start hearing that if they go to the playoffs next year and they get waxed by you know Baltimore in a playoff game, whoever, you know, pick a team. You sure. start hearing about it. I got to tell you, this weekend, if Sean McDermott, if they lose, like believe me, all the all the happy good time vibes in Buffalo right now, yeah, they're gone. That's okay? a funeral. Especially if, if they somehow get blown out. Like if Kansas City just goes in there and just wipes the floor with Dude. them in, their own, in front of their own fan base. I, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm predicting that. I'm just saying if that right. were to happen, you know what that you know talk radio is gonna be like up in Buffalo the following They're gonna day? be persecuting him. Nobody's gonna care that they went from six and six to the to the title and the division in the plus. Nobody's gonna care. Nobody's gonna care because it's gonna be the third time in four years you got knocked out by the Chiefs. In the Which, playoffs. by the way, nor should they care. Nor should they. You shouldn't. I agree with you because that's the point. Nobody cares. Like at some, like you go from this is great. We went from garbage to good. Mm -hmm. But then, if you can't go from good to like legit contender, and of course the Bills are a contender, but if you can't get to the Super Bowl, if you can't get to that next step. What good are you as, as a coach? I mean, at some point, then it becomes, okay, well, do we need somebody else to come in here and kind of finish the job, so to speak? And we talked about that a little bit last week where I think you put it this way, like if the Bills lose to the Chiefs this year, that's that's absolutely a funeral in Buffalo. Yes. And the thing that concerns me with Buffalo right now is health because it looks like Terrell Bernard's not going to be playing. He sustained the uh, the leg injury against Pittsburgh. Russell Douglas said that he will be playing, which is good. They'll get him back. They've had multiple guys that have stepped up and play probably a little bit above their level. But, I mean, at what point are you going to be able to lean on A.J. Klein, who just came off the couch? How uh, Kyer Elam, who, by the way, had an interception yesterday. But outside of that, man, he, it's Kyer Elam, respectfully. Like I, I think that now they did get Daquan Jones back, which is great, but – a lack of off-ball linebacker right now, um, that that hurts, and especially when you've got number 87 coming to town. So that is my one worry about Buffalo right now is that they're just getting decimated by injuries on that side of the ball. I mean, that game to me is coming down to three things, and it's really simple. And everybody nationally is going to talk about all the wrong stuff the entire week because they don't pay attention to these teams as closely as they, as they think they do because box scores don't tell the whole story. Look, sure. this game's really simple. Both these teams turn the ball over a lot. The Bills take it away more than anybody in the NFL. The Chiefs take it away toward the bottom of teams in the NFL. They don't take the ball away very much. If the if, if the turnover battle is even or KC's in the plus, the Bills are going to have a hard time winning this game. When the Chiefs have not turned the ball over this year, they're undefeated. Wow. Like, if they don't turn the ball over – they usually win. If they score 21 points this year, they're undefeated. So it's going to be about Buffalo. They can play it even, and I think they're they're very well in the game. But I think if it's even, I do think it favors the Chiefs just based on, on the numbers. And I believe if it's even this year, the Chiefs are 8-1. Okay, so that's one thing to watch. We're, and if Buffalo wins a turnover battle, I think they win the game. Number two, when the Bills are on offense, Everybody's going to talk about Allen and how he throws the ball, and understandably, he's an incredible quarterback. The Chiefs have to stop the run in this game. They have to stop James Cook. 
and they can't let Allen go nuts. Allen's going to get some yardage on the ground. I mean, that that's going to happen. That's fine. Right. He can't do what he did against Pittsburgh, where he has 80 yards or whatever it was. He, I, that that can't happen if you're Kansas City. Cook had 100 and – I believe it was – Try to do this from them. I think it was 140, 135, 140 total yards against the Chiefs in the first matchup. He was the best player on their team. In that first matchup, Gabe Davis had zero catches for zero yards. James Shakir, Cook led the team in catches. He had eight catches in that game. Yeah. Shakir had one catch for 12 yards. Kincaid had five catches for 21 yards. Diggs had four catches for 24 yards. And Allen threw for five and a half yards per attempt and a pick. Like they they did not throw the ball at all in that football game. The Chiefs have to be able to shut down the run. I think if they hold them to under 120, I think that's kind of the magic number. And the other thing is when the Bills are on defense, and we saw this with the Steelers the last half of the game, especially when Bernard went out, the Steelers were just ripping the Bills apart down the middle of the field. Every time they wanted to throw the ball to Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Fryer went down the middle between the numbers that killed them. If the Bills don't shut off those plays, the Chiefs will annihilate them down the middle of the field. They will get Kelsey in one-on-one matchups. Even if it's zone, they'll create matchups where you're essentially in man-on-man coverage. They will run rice on these deep crossers, on these overs. They've killed teams with that the last month and a half with it. I mean, if you go back and watch the Miami game, every time they knew the Dolphins were in either a blitz look where they were going to have to play man-on-man in, in a tight space, or, or excuse me, not in tight space, in, in a space where he's got some room because of the blitz. Or when they played in zone, they just ran rice across the middle of the field and just lit Miami up. Every time they gave him that look, they, they'd motion him down to the slot and they'd run him across the field and they just torch him. Now, the Dolphins' defense is not the Bills' defense, right? Sure. But if the Bills' defense is without Bernard, and, and I don't know what the status is of Teron Johnson, he left the game to be evaluated for a head injury. Right. Since. Um, that is where Buffalo's defense has to step up. So I say, look, the Chiefs' defense—you got to take away the run. The Bills have to have to limit the middle of the field, because if the Chiefs don't have to throw outside to those other receivers and they can just play with Kelsey and Rice in the middle of the field, that's a problem. They'll they'll throw thirty times there if they have to. So that's what I'm looking at. I wonder. I mean, I think that the status of Taylor Rapp will also, in my opinion, play some sort of vital part because if you don't have Terrell Bernard, I wonder about, okay, do you decide to move Micah Hyde down? Do you decide to move Jordan Port? Like, what are you going to do? Because like I said, you don't have Bernard. You already don't have Matt Milano. Who the hell are you going to put there? So it's a lot to monitor. Um, let's talk about the other AFC matchup though, because I'm intrigued. Houston and Baltimore played each other week one. This is not the same Houston Texans team that they played in week one. Um, we already talked about how great Stroud is. Um, and I think that you and I, when it comes to Baltimore, are kind of in the same boat where it's like, we've seen this movie before. Let's see you get to an AFC championship game and, you know, kind of get that signature win. This isn't the same Baltimore team that we saw, you know, in 2019 when they were bounced by the Titans. But I still think that uh, if you watched um, um, Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier today, the uh, worst playoff quarterback, apparently, and DYAR is Lamar Jackson, which is quite the narrative if, if you wanted to, to talk about that. Um, but I think that this game is very important for any sort of narrative that surrounds the Ravens. There's nobody who's under more pressure this weekend. Nobody. And the only argument's Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Niners. 
I don't know. Look, and this isn't some kind of like a pot shot at my West Coast brethren here, but like it's just different out there. Like it's not like the city of San Francisco has had how many titles to the Warriors recently? Right. You know, like yeah, if the Niners lose, like the Niners are under pressure, but to me, it's not what Baltimore Buffalo are under. Like Baltimore, now you could say, hey, look, they've won Super Bowls in recent years, whatever, but like this iteration of the team, this group. They, they have not won in the playoffs. They just haven't. They've won one game. They beat Ryan Tannehill. That's been it. If they lose to the, to the Texans, and by the way, fun fact, C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson, same amount of playoff wins. Like, if, <laughs> if C.J. Stroud goes in there and beats them, the number one defense in the NFL, if he goes in there and he beats them, and you're the one seed, like, that's devastating. Yeah. As much as I think Ravens fans would be sorely disappointed, I think there's a little bit of a hey, look, man. Whoever, whoever it is, whoever wins the Buffalo Kansas City game, if they go in there and beat them, it's bitterly disappointing. But like, okay, those teams have been here for years. The Chiefs are a two-time champion. The Bills have been knocking at the door forever. Houston showed up like an hour ago. <laughs> like, if you if you lose to them, not that they're a bad team, but like they're not the caliber of Kansas City and Buffalo. If you lose right. to that team. Off of what really is like three weeks of rest here. That's devastating. And if you look at the Ravens, they got a lot of free agents coming up, man. Like a lot of them. I mean, Matabuke is a free agent. Odell Beckham is a free agent. Kevin Zeitler is a free agent. Javon Clowney is a free agent. Mm -hmm. Kyle Van Noy. I mean, you go on and on and on. Geno Stone. They got like they're gonna do it now. They're gonna do it right now. And you know, I don't think there's anybody under more pressure than them with the, with the possible exception of Buffalo. I'll tell you what, it's going to be very interesting in the AFC. If one of those two teams at home this weekend falls behind 10-0, it's going to be a disadvantage playing at home because you're going to be able to feel the tension in that building. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it's just happening again. And that that is – I think it is imperative for both those teams. you got to get off to good starts. You don't have to be blown at the other team out. You cannot fall behind. You remember when Tennessee went in there and beat Baltimore in 2019? They're up 14 nothing immediately. Yep, yep. And it was almost like you could feel the panic. It's going to be the same thing this way if Houston gets up early. And if Kansas City, if Mahomes is slicing and dicing and they're up 14 nothing six minutes into the game, it's going to be that same feeling like it was with Cincinnati last year. When they went in there and they were immediately up and you just had this feeling of like, oh, deja vu, here it is again. I think both those teams got to go off the hot starts. Baltimore is also just not a team that's built to play from behind. They're not. Um, and right. the Bills can, but the, the, the Ravens not as much. Yeah, and that's just you know the lack of weapons that they have. Like Zay Flowers is awesome. I get is Mike is Mark Andrews playing in this game? Because I believe that they activated him and opened he up his window. Practice, but my guess is he, he probably won't. Um, okay, but he is practicing. Even then, though, like the the weapons outside, it's been the focal point of the Ravens for as long as Lamar has been in the league and yep. Zay Flowers is cool, but I don't think Rashad Bateman's really scaring anybody. I don't think this iteration of Odell Beckham's really scaring anybody. Like the, their recipe is get up, get you in a bunch of different or hit you with a bunch of disguises and, and hit you with pressure defensively and make you panic and make, make you throw the ball. If they have to be the aggressors offensively, I don't necessarily love their chances. And the Texans' defense, like we've seen, like Stingley's played awesome. Uh, I think I saw Next Gen stats. He held Amari Cooper uh, to one catch when he was in coverage uh, against him. Or no, 
one pass attempt his way, and he didn't allow a catch on Amari uh, Amari Cooper to get a catch in 35 coverage snaps. That's great. That's great. Um, Will Anderson has played really well. Like their their defense has guys at each level that have come alive, especially down the stretch. I think they opened up as nine and a half point dogs. I think they cover that. Jonathan Grenard also is like 12 and a half sacks this year, and nobody talks about it. Crazy. Um, listen, I think of the teams on the road this weekend, I mean, I, I don't think I'm being a homer here by saying that of the four teams, the Chiefs probably have the best shot of anybody. I mean, just based on sure. who they are. I think that's yeah. pretty fair. The, of the other three teams, though, I'd, I'd give Houston the best shot. I would. Mm. I, Stroud's great, man. Like that team. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. You taking Stroud yeah. over Lamar Jackson going forward? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I am too. I look, I think Baltimore is going to win based on a few factors. They're rested. The, the Texans are beat to hell. Okay. Yeah. The Ravens are at home. And I think there is a certain amount of like, it is now. We got to win right now. That urgency. Where the Texans, like, come on, man. Nobody in the world thought they'd be here. But that also can become a very powerful thing if they start to win that game. And it's like, hey, no pressure. Who cares? Play loose. Play play with some some joy. Like, all of a sudden, it changes. And it changes in a hurry. Like, I think the urgency is a good thing until it's not. Like, it's a good thing until you're down by 10 points. Like I, like I said, I think that really matters in these games. I have a hard time seeing either team on the road in the NFC win their games. <coughs> I just yeah, I just don't see that. I think either team in the AFC, particularly Kansas City, based on their track record, can go on the road and win these games. Yeah, like, as great as the Packers' win was and as dominant as they were, there's a large difference between playing against a Mike McCarthy coach team and a Kyle Shanahan coach team. Uh, on the road, uh, nonetheless. So I'm not saying that they're going to get decimated, but there's a good chance that this is a, a 49ers offense that just obliterates Joe Barry's defense. It wouldn't shock too many people. Um, but Jordan Love is good enough to you know make a few plays with his arm to keep them in it. You know throughout the first like two and a half quarters or whatnot. But I do think that the 49ers will win you know somewhat convincingly. And then Baker and the Bucks, like, hey man. <laughs> Talk about people who weren't expected to be in this spot. Uh, the Buccaneers were given no attention coming into the season. And, you know, it, fair enough. I don't think anybody expected right. Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles to to beat the Eagles in the wild card round uh, at the beginning of the year. But um, I think that we get a Detroit-San Francisco NFC Championship game, which I'm intrigued by because on their best day, if the Lions can put up points and this becomes a back and forth matchup. I would be very intrigued in seeing that. Yeah. I mean, that game's interesting. I, I think the lions, I think the lions are really good. Like that was yeah. the hardest game I had to pick this weekend was the lions and the Rams. I went back and forth and back and forth. And I picked the damn Rams and they made me two and four instead of three. <laughs> um, the two games I thought were really tough to pick were that game and the, and the Brown sections game. And I got them both wrong. So factor that in. Um, I think Tampa's run probably ends here. I just don't think they're good enough um, to go in there and win that game. I think the Lions are going to give them problems. That being said, the Lions are 30th against the pass. And if there's one thing the, Buc- the Bucks can do, they can they can throw the football on you. you we have Godwin and you know Trey Palmer and all those guys. So 
Baker just had 337 yards passing, I believe the number was, and he had two deep balls dropped by Mike Evans. So it very right. well no, could have been could have been. Philly, Philly's not even an NFL team. I mean, it's it's embarrassing how bad Philadelphia. Another game that I can't believe I picked wrong. But in any event, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they're six and a half point dogs. The Bucks are. I'd probably pick them to cover the number. I mean, I I think. Like of the lines we've talked about, I would probably pick the underdogs to cover the number, both Tampa and uh, and Houston. You know, the other games, I might pick San Francisco to cover the nine and a half. I, I look, and I and I like the Packers a lot, but like, that's a brutal spot, man. Like yeah, going in there. Although it's supposed to be a, a downpour all night in Santa Clara, so that that doesn't help. Uh, the, the favorite cover. And then the Kansas City Buffalo game, if I was a betting man, I, I, you couldn't pay me to tell. I have no idea. There's, I wouldn't touch that game. The Chiefs I think are two, it's and, what, half two and a half. Yeah. Opened at three. It's two and a half. I, there's no way. I wouldn't touch that thing. I don't know. Who the hell knows? That game could go a million different directions. I wouldn't be surprised. Let's stick with the Eagles real quick, though. Um, are that, If you're Philadelphia, if you're Harry Rosemary, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you fire Nick Sirianni. I'd call, him the, I'd call Bill Belichick, and if he was willing to coach the team, I'd fire him. Okay, that's a fair but, answer. I, I mean, and I'd also, I'd also call uh, Ben Johnson. Mm. But if I'm firing him to hire, like, you know, Kellen Moore, then yeah, I'm not firing him. Sure. I mean, I, I will say this though: if I'm Jeffrey and Laurie, and if I'm Harry Roseman, I got to get down to the bottom. What the hell happened? Man, I don't want to hear like, well, you know, defensively, no, that's bullshit, man. I mean, you went one in six in your last seven games. You looked like a JV team. Yeah. Man. I mean, what the hell was that? And I don't like the fact that Sirianni, uh, not fired, but but the demoted Sean Desai, putting Matt Patricia in charge of your defense, like you're asking for shit to hit the fan. Not even yeah, like look, Matt Patricia's atrocious, but like sure. beyond that, you were ten and three. Yeah. Like. You're panicking now? Like, no, what are you doing? That was doing? a very, very knee-jerk reaction to It was that. very weird. It was a very, very odd decision. I think Nick Sirianni, all his, I don't know if you want to call them antics, his sure. his mannerisms, that all works when you're rolling and you're mm. winning and everybody loves you. But, man, it's kind of like in boxing, like if you got a killer uppercut, well, you better also have a kind of a jab or something because at some point some guy's going to move out of the way of that uppercut and they're going to lay you out. Yeah. And Sirianni, like, it's great to be, you know, Mr. Swag and in everybody's face. It doesn't work so much when you're getting boat raced. And, you know, quite honestly, obviously much, much different person, much different style of mannerism. But, like, the same way I feel about Mike McDaniel. All mm. that motion and speed and, and all that, hey, man, got my, got my Gucci watch. Like, that's all great until it's zero degrees outside. Yeah. Then what do you got? Because I got to tell you, of all like, look, the Eagles were a disgrace. The Cowboys were a disgrace. Like the Browns, I just think, honestly, got at their ceiling. Although they stunk too, but like nobody, in my opinion, other than if you want, I, I, um, I shouldn't say that. It's not fair. I was going to say more pathetic, but Philadelphia and Dallas are plenty pathetic. Um, nobody was more punchless than Miami. Who like I, I don't want to hear about these people who are like, well, it's the weather. Well, it's it's January. <laughs> Like, I mean, what, what that, did you think? They were going to move the games to the Alamo Dome? That, like, that's my thing. Like, every everybody who's pointing out, oh, man, it's zero degrees. We can get – dude, is, do you think that in the AFC, 
you're not going to have to go to Baltimore or Buffalo or Kansas City or Pittsburgh you, or Cincinnati or what did you think was going to happen? Like, you know, and by the way, if you don't want to do that, maybe go beat the Bills at home in perfect <laughs> conditions when the Bills were doing everything imaginable to lose that football game. The Dolphins, yeah. like, that's okay. Thanks. We're good. We'll run twice in the second half. We, I, we insist. I don't know. Like, I, I, we haven't spoken since that game Saturday night. Watching that game when the Chiefs kicked the field goal to go up 16 7 at halftime, was like, this game's over. Yeah. They're yeah, not going to score 10 points. They can't score it. The only thing they did all night was throw an underthrown ball that Hill made a great adjustment on, came back, made the play. I mean, you're you're down, I think at the time it was 19 points. It's fourth and 16, and you threw an eight-yard slant route. Dude. I mean, oh, my God, man. Just pack the bus up, get on the bus, put on all your hand warmers, and just go home. I mean, that was – the fourth quarter of that game was so embarrassing. Like – Sneed and McDuffie just took turns just half-heartedly knocking down to his passes. It was like, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. I mean, it was – I don't know how – like, now there's this big conversation, Mike, what do you do with Tua after the season? You cannot like, pay him, man. How do you, you pay him? I don't care. And the next – I swear to God, the next person who says to me, we know he led the league in passing yards. So did Matt Schaub. So did Jameis <laughs> Winston. Okay. I don't care that he led the league in passing yardage. Sam Howell was leading the league at passing yards at one point this year. Who gives a shit? Yeah, man? I mean, he and that team are built for one way and one way only. It's got to be a perfect symphony. And the second it's not, it's not only like off kilter, it's a disaster. It's I mean, done. they can't even function. That game, the Chiefs put eight guys in the box the whole game, like beat us. The team has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The Chiefs had no respect for them the entire game. It was like, that's fine. We're just going to blitz the hell out of you, and we're going to put a million guys up there to stop Mostert and A-Chan. And that's it. Game's over. Like, you're going to pay that guy $50 million a year? How in God's name do you justify it? You're playing a division where you've got Buffalo, New England, and New York, and you think that, like, hey, guys, listen, you know it's great? Let's pay a guy who plays in an offense that nobody can function when it's below 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. He's 6-14 and 14 in his career – when it's below 70 degrees, 70 degrees. That's abysmal. Well, I mean, and I'm not saying, look, it's not all him. Like they, they defensively, I won't get on. They were beat to hell. Fine. Offensively, Waddle did nothing. They couldn't run the ball. The offensive line's not built to be physical. But like, if you're going to pay the quarterback, then he's got to be the guy. You can't yeah. pay him so he can go out there and be pretty good in October. And you're hoping <laughs> like you get the warm weather in November. I mean, come on. Like, can't pay that guy. You could have you could have put Blaine Gabbert on the field for Miami that night. You could have taken the Chiefs back up and put him over there. Would you have noticed the difference? Probably not. He was, he was awful in that game. So yeah, in any event, that's I know that had nothing to do with your question. But no, I, that's okay. Uh, looking at the uh, his numbers from that game, 20-39, a buck ninety-nine. Uh they couldn't run the ball for anything. Mostert had eight carries for 33 yards. Achian had six for nine. Like I think getting in a position that they were where they kind of had to try to make up ground pretty quickly kind of took away uh, the run game. And like you said, the Chiefs were gonna, weren't going to let them run all over them. They were saying, okay, if Tua beats us, then tip our cap and move on. But yep. I think that they pretty much knew with the guys that they have on the back end uh, that that wasn't going to happen. I think that, again, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about, about previewing the Buffalo Chiefs game. Like, this this sounds like some kind of like dig on Buffalo. I'm telling you right now, the, the Bills are not throwing the ball in this football game. They're not. I mean, I, when I say I don't, I mean like they're not, 
Allen's going to go over 100 yards here, but like they're not. He's not going to throw for 450 and five touchdowns or anything like that. Bro, he's not. He's not throwing for 250. Like I'm telling you, right? They're not going to throw the ball in this football game for any kind of like massive amount of yards. If they do it, they're the first team to do it to the Chiefs all year. And they, they played the Chiefs earlier this year, and they could not throw the ball effectively. Like it's. I do not expect all of a sudden it's going to change. Well, Jerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie right now are the best corners in the NFL. Tandem yeah. ones. They're the best. McDuffie made first team all pro and Sneed, how he didn't make all pro, I'll never understand. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that held Diggs to four catches for 24 yards, held Justin Jefferson to three catches for 28 yards. AJ Brown had one catch for eight yards. I mean, I could go on and on. And the only two receivers to have 100 yards against them this year. Christian Kirk in week two and Joshua Palmer. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's the whole list. Nobody's going for 300 yards against them this year. Not one team. Wow. Like their second in the league in sacks or first in pressure rate. Good luck. If you're going to beat them, you have to run the ball. I knew Miami. I knew early on that game, the second they couldn't run the ball effectively, this game's over. This game's over. They're not going to throw the ball against them. Now, I think Buffalo, even though they don't have the receivers that Miami has, they certainly have a much better quarterback. Sure. And he will make some throws that there's no adequate defense for. He's just going to make those throws, and you live with that. But Buffalo is going to have to run the ball. And, and to that point, with Kansas City on the other side of the ball, to be fair, like Kansas City's not all of a sudden going to start magically throwing everywhere else. Like MVS isn't going to become a weapon here. Like <laughs> this is about can you stop the middle of the field? Can you take Rice away? Can you take Kelsey away to some extent? And can you bottle up Pacheco? I mean, those three guys are it. That's the offense, Kansas City. Those three guys. So, you know, but but to that game on Saturday night, yeah. I mean, Miami, they just – they were not ready to play a physical football game. They did not want to do it. They weren't going to do it. It became evident. And, I mean, you had one team that looked scared to death of playing that game. And another team where the quarterback was pissed he had to come out of the game while his helmet was in 800 pieces because he was like, <laughs> I, I can still play with it. I mean – I thought that really kind of summed up the game, honestly. And, it, you know, so this is – of all the games this weekend, fandom out of it, whatever, I am most excited to watch the Bills and Chiefs. I think that game is going to be a headbanger. It's going to be fun. It's not a divisional game, but it feels like one because they see each other all the time. Sure. I'm excited too. Um, and in terms of, you know, with the Bills and whatnot, we pointed it out, it feels like now we're never – and if if they don't come out on top, then yeah, you're you're asking real questions about okay, do we move on from Sean McDermott? I mean, a you know, there's a perfectly good Mike Rabel out there that you know any team would be very lucky to have. There's you know a Ben Johnson out there. There's you know there's there's a lot of different avenues that they could go down should they decide to move on. And right. you know, it's a real conversation that's going to be had if they if they don't get the job done. And there's a real situation too where. Like somehow, despite the season that they've had, that the Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game again. It's possible. I, yeah. I you know what? I'll tell you. And this is not disrespectful to the Ravens, or at least not intended to be. I think whoever wins the Chiefs Bills game going to the Super Bowl. I agree. I agree. That's how I feel. Because I think whichever team wins that game is going to come out of that thing and be like, okay, who's next? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think that's going to be. An unstoppable, uh, an unstoppable object, you know, meeting the immovable force or whatever. I just think both teams have had so much weirdness this year. I mean, the Bills were six and six, and they fired their offensive coordinator. And you know, the Chiefs, 
struggled really mightily for a couple of months and they couldn't get yeah. going. And then it, oddly enough, it was the last game of the regular season that mattered. Not that, not the game against the Chargers. They played the Bengals on, on uh, New Year's Eve and they get down 17, seven. And then all of a sudden they kind of just said, F it. Like we're going to start throwing the ball down the field. We're just going to go to rice relentlessly. We don't, we're done with this. We're done trying to get everybody else involved. I don't know why it took them till week 17 to do that, right. but it did. And now it feels kind of like, you know, both teams, the Chiefs all year long, man, if you'd watch Mahomes in a press conference, it looked like a guy being interrogated over a crime meeting. <laughs> like, it was like they had such bad juju in that bill. They just looked tired. I remember saying that in a, in a radio interview around the time. I'm like, they, they just look – they look exhausted. They look like a team that they've played basically an extra season's worth of games the last five years, and they're just kind of cooked. And all that changed when they beat them. Honest to God, I think the best thing that ever happened to them was Jamar Chase just talking an obscene amount of crap that entire week. It finally got them, like, kind of fired up. Because then they, there was a play in that game, not to go off, but they um, – No, it's okay. Chase and Lajarius Sneed started, like, pushing and shoving. And, and Sneed, like, went after Jamar Chase. And basically half the Chiefs team – like went over there to like get involved in it. And it was weird because it was one of those things they were losing at the time. They weren't, but it was like, it was the first sign of life from them you'd seen in months. Yeah. And then they came back. They outscored the Bengals 18 zip the rest of the game. They sat all their starters against the chargers, except for Chris Jones, who was trying to hit an incentive. He hit an incentive. They almost got hit with a delay game penalty because the whole team was partying with him out at the 50 yard line. Cause he hit a million dollars for getting the sack. And then, like, the Dolphins game, as everybody's noticed with the Taylor Swift video, they were doing their swag wave, which they love so much, uh, swag sway, whatever it's called. Uh, I don't all, know. Uh, they're all, they have this song that they play at Arrowhead in the fourth quarter when they're winning, and the whole team just basically just starts dancing to it, and they were going nuts. And it's like, this is the first time this year with them where you look at them and you're like, Damn, they're, they're feeling it now. Like, that team, they are excited to go to work. They're pumped to I was going to say, I think, I think they're just having fun again. Yeah, and for the Bills, like – God, I mean, it couldn't have been any more miserable the first 12 weeks of the year, right? And now they're having fun. They're winning games. That's why I think this game – I think this game's going to be a lot more defensive and a lot more physical than people think it's going to be. These The Chiefs defense has been one of the top two, three defenses all year long. The Bills are certainly in the top ten. I think this is going to be a very hard-hitting I, – I think there's a chance a team that wins doesn't score 20 points. Mm. I think this game could be like 17 to like 16. I, I really I think it could be something like that. I think this game is going to be a fist fight for four quarters. Take the under, everybody. Apparently, that is the. Uh, I, I, would, I don't even know what it is, and I take it. Fair point. Um, before I let you go, just because you know we always have to have this conversation, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network uh, tweeted out before we went on air uh, that Mike Tomlin did address the team. He is coming back for 2024. Yep. Um, if I am you know, the Steelers right now, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I think my mindset is okay. No more bullshit. Let's go get a real OC. Let's get a real quarterback. Let's take advantage of these superstars that we have on defense. Let's make a run at this thing. Um, a lot of work to be done, obviously, for that team. But Mike Tomlin coming back, they have that. You know, they have that. They don't need to worry about that. Your thoughts on what they need to do this offseason? They need to do whatever they have to do to get a quarterback. Whatever they have to do. Mm. I don't give a shit if it's trading multiple first-round picks. I don't care. You love Jaden Daniels? Go get him. Mm -hmm. Go get him. And I always love these people 
these uh, yeah, you know, fine, I'll do it. These draft nicks who these nerds who are like, well, you know, you can't give up draft capital because it might turn into such and such. My dad has a a, a saying about potential, right? Potential is a fancy word for saying you've never done shit. Because yeah. if you've done something, you don't have potential. You're just good. And like <laughs> I always look at draft picks in the same way. Like, oh, well, the potential of this pick. The pot- sure, yes, yes. There is a world where I could trade a sixth-round pick that becomes Tom Brady. And you know what? There's a lot more worlds where I trade a sixth-round pick for some guy who gets cut and is working at Arby's in three weeks. Like, <laughs> I don't care. If I'm the Steelers, okay, you probably already know this. Where are they drafted? What's their draft slot? Number 20. Okay. So if I'm the Steelers and I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, I got to get to, and I'm just throwing an arbitrary number out there. Sure. I got to get the number five to get Jaden Daniels because the first four picks are going to be Marvin Harrison, two of the quarterbacks, and maybe it's a tackle or somebody else. Maybe it's the, t- the tackle from Penn State seems to be getting a lot of uh, top five recognition. out of Notre Dame, like one of yeah. those guys, right? So you got to get the five. Let's just say that's the number. And you call up who I don't even know who the hell I, I mean folks on the draft. I don't know who's picking five. Sure. Okay. You call up team team X and say hey, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, thank you, actually, because I feel like that makes this more uh, <laughs> you're probably right. Yes. Um so we'll, we'll we'll pause here for a second while you figure out who the hell is picking the Okay. So um, when we let's look here, number five is the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, so they're not taking the quarterback. So no. they're perfect. Let's use that. You call up whoever the hell is going to be the GM over there and say, listen, you guys are in a cap crunch, which they are. You're going to lose Eckler in free agency. Lindsley, unfortunately, has to retire because of the heart issue. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have to – Mac, Bosa, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams all have salary cap hits over $30 million this upcoming year. They're, they're like 50-some-odd million over the cap. Guess yeah. what? Two of those guys, yeah, they're gone. All right? You need to rebuild that team. How about this? We're, we'll trade you the 20th overall pick. We'll trade you our second round pick. And we'll trade you next year's first round pick. And we get number five. And we're going to take Jaden Daniels. I mean, for any Steelers fans, we're all like, well, geez, I don't know if I'd give up that much. If, if Jaden Daniels becomes an elite quarterback, who the hell cares? He's worth double that if he becomes I mean, an elite quarterback. When the Chiefs went from 27 to 10, ironically, trading with Buffalo, Okay. Would, would you look at that? Yeah. They moved up to 10 from 27. They gave up the 27th overall pick, which came Tredavious White. They gave up a third round pick and they gave up next year's first. You think the Chiefs are really devastated that they gave up a third round pick and a fr- like, because you're not really giving up two first round picks. You're giving up one. Yes. You're, you're, you're exchanging. exchanging. Yes. So this, like, so even if, even if that, even the Chargers are like, look, we want, okay, we want 20, obviously. We want your second rounder. And we want next year's first. And maybe they want like next year's fifth or something. Who cares? Yes. If you're getting some pick they're going to take a punter with. Like, <laughs> you got to go get the guy. Enough of Kenny Pickett, enough of Mason Rudolph, enough of, enough of this crap. Go get a real quarterback. All these st- fans in Pittsburgh, they want to fire Tomlin. I'll never understand it as long as I live. Do you know how many teams would fire their coach in a heartbeat to hire Mike Tomlin? You get these people in my mentions right now who are like, well, you know. You know, he he lost to Blake Bortles. Belichick lost to Mark Sanchez at home. Like, it doesn't mean he's not a great coach. Shit happens. Like, you don't fire that guy. Are you kidding me? What, you can bring in who exactly? Who's coming in? Hey, guys, we hired whoever. Pick a name out of the hat. We hired 
Steve Wilkes. I like Steve Wilkes. I genuinely do. He's not Mike Tomlin. Allow me, allow me to push back a little bit on this, and you can give me your rebuttal when I do. Okay. So we, you and I just had the conversation about Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni was just in a Super Bowl 11 months ago. So why is it that we can't and Sean McDermott as well, who's consistently winning playoff games and in conference championship games? You, you have, don't want it. You don't want to go down this road, but go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm down this argument right with somebody, so I know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm already down this road, so I'm going to finish my thought. Well so <laughs> I hate you. So why is it that we can have this conversation about Nick Sirianni, who's just in the Super Bowl? Why is it that we can have this conversation about Sean McDermott? But as soon as somebody suggests, oh. Firing Mike Tomlin, everybody gets up in arms. Like, how could you suggest firing Mike Tomlin? But you, you're laughing. Right Mike Tomlin has been in two Super Bowls, one one. He's been saddled with the course that was a long time ago, Matt. Bro, I understand that. They, I mean, my God, for the for the, the years. <laughs> so here, so after, look, I, I want I want to do this without just completely losing my mind. So okay, that's fine. Let me pull up their season uh, log. All right, so Tomlin comes in. Oh. And they win the Super Bowl in, in, in 2008. The first year he was there, they, they lost in the locker round. Then they, yes. then they win the Super Bowl. Okay. Then they mm-hmm. go nine and seven. They don't make the playoffs. Then they go back to the Super Bowl. They lose to a really good Packers team. Fine. Then they lose to Tebow, which is a disgrace. Mm-hmm. No, no argument. I will, I will never, ever. Most no, devastating loss of my fandom. No argument. He, he, he was uh, the, to lose that game, there should have been a, a war tribunal. Okay, the, the following two years, he goes eight and eight and eight and eight. Now, there was a time to fire Tom. Like, that was the window. You're like, okay, right. look, we're descending. We got to get better. Okay, they don't do it. Go out. They go 11 and five the next year. Okay, they win the division. They lose to Baltimore in the playoffs. But then, then, the next year, they go 10 and six. They win a playoff game. They lose it at a Broncos team. It's a better football team. The, yeah. the, the, the Steelers were beat to hell going into the that Steelers game. The running, Steelers running back in that game was Fitzgerald Toussaint. Yeah, and they like they actually were like really competitive in that game. Then the yeah. next year, they, they crush Miami. They go to Arrowhead and win. And then they lose to the Pats. Who didn't for, yeah. for 20 years? Okay. The only loss that you'd be like, okay, that's a brutal loss, was that Jags game. No yeah. argument. They should have won that game, 1,000%. Again, that and the T-ball loss, I'll hear you all day on that. Next couple of years, nine, six, and one, eight, and eight. You know what happened in those years? Duck Hodges happened. Mason Rudolph happened. Ben Roethlisberger passing away in front of our eyes happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Like this idea. Like so, I will hear you all day. Any Steelers fan, the Tebow game and and the, and the Bortles game. You, no argument. Okay, those are those are horrible losses. But like every coach in the history of the sport that coached long enough had bad losses. Everybody. So you have those two losses, and then after that, I don't want to hear anything. That team has been saddled with so much garbage at quarterback the last handful of years. Okay, just for the way he's handled Antonio Brown over the course of the years, he should be in the Hall of Fame for that alone. All right, <laughs> and then he's making the the playoffs. How does that team make the playoffs this year? Mason Rudolph isn't even a quarterback. Like, how the hell did they even get in? Pickett's atrocious, and yet they're in the playoffs. To to your point about Sirianni and who was the other one you said is it McCarthy? Uh, McDermott. McDermott. Okay. Well, for for my money, they should fire Sean McDermott. I think they're nuts. Okay. okay. I, that's my two cents. Although I I could do with it out the opinions <clears throat> about Ada being being mixed in there. But like you know that Sean McDermott to me has turned around the team that sucked forever. They're a really good team. Like if they lose to Kansas City, and we both agree if they do, there's going to be a, a three mile island meltdown. In yeah, it's not going to be good. They're losing to a 
a dynastic football team. It's not like they're losing to some bum fest. Like, I mean, it, they're, it, look, I don't care what people think about the Chiefs. Let's be real. They've gone to three of the last four Super Bowls, one, two of them. Okay? If you lose to them, there's no shame in that. Like, if Mahomes goes in there and goes God mode and just beats them 27-24, what are you going to do? You're going to fire him and do what exactly? Bring in some other guy who's going to who's gonna better handle Mahomes? Like, good luck to you with that. And then as far as Sirianni goes, he's been there for three years. And two of those years, they haven't beaten they, – they've gone to the playoffs, but they, they've been blown out of Tampa two of those years. Yeah. And, then, and by the way, I think Sirianni probably is coming back. But I do think Sirianni is a little bit of a special circumstance with the meltdowns they've had. Tom has never had a team melt down like Philadelphia just did to the point where you're like, oh, my God, are they even trying to play football anymore? They just lost to two two-win teams. They lost to who? The Steelers did lose to two two-win teams consecutively. Oh, I, I understand that. Again, okay, let me ask you this question. Sure. You to bed. If Mike Tomlin coached the Philadelphia Eagles, is that meltdown happening? No, probably not. No, it is not. I, okay? by, I've... And I want to make this very clear because I know I've kind of, you know, leaned toward the, hey, maybe it's time to part ways side of things with Tomlin. I fully acknowledge that if he were to go somewhere else, like if he went to the Chargers, they would immediately become a much better team. And I hope they do. I'm not like anti-Mike Tomlin. I just think that there needs to be something done, whether that be, I'm not going to pretend I know what happens behind the scenes, but the front office Mike Tomlin, they need to come together and realize, okay, we can't do any more Matt Canada hires. We can't do any more Kenny Pickett's and and hitch our wagon to that and say, all right, we'll we'll hold teams to below twenty points and win that way. There has to be like serious cohesion between front office and head coach and getting serious about coordinator and quarterback and winning games. Listen, I'm not saying, and I agree, that's a fair take. I'm not saying that they don't have to evaluate the way that they have done things the last yeah. year. But to me, to fire that guy is just insane. That guy's a Hall of Fame coach, man. Like sure. I, I don't think people understand how hard that is, like to come by. Like I get the Steelers fans who are frustrated. I understand. I really do. Have you looked around at like two thirds of the league? Okay, I mean, go look at like the Raiders, who are on what now? Their eighth coach in an hour. I mean, go look, look at the division. Look at the Browns, who have gone through a million. And it's always like, well, you know, we're not them though. Yeah, you could be. You, well, you don't you think that's impossible? I bet the Cowboys fans in 1996 were like 30 years without an NFC title game. Apparently, how's that going? Like, it happens, man. It happens. So, I think the Steelers. Look to me, go get a quarterback. And also, by the way, maybe tell George Pickens like a little bit of accountability. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened to George Pickens in his life. The refs. I'm sorry, bro. I must have missed when the refs made you fumble the ball. I yeah. must have missed when Mason Rudolph threw the ball to Kyer Elam like he was just wide receiver. Like that that stuff, man. That's like that is the kind of thing. If I were a Steelers now, infuriate me. Oh, and and I wrote about it a little bit too. Like the lack of accountability when it, when it comes to George Pickens specifically, and Najee Harris kind of touched on it post game too, where he was like, "We need more discipline in the building. We need more accountability." This isn't the first time that Pickens has been under fire too. By the way, like I think there's a lot of vets in that locker room that are kind of tired of his shit. Um, I don't know, man. In terms of like the vets, though, like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, everybody's like, we want Mike Tomlin. Like I said, he made it clear he's going to be back, which is that's good for them to have because you know the last thing that that team can afford is uncertainty at the head coach position. They got a stable one, which is great. Hopefully, they get serious about quarterback and offensive coordinator. I know that that was a little bit of a tangent, but you know, as being the Steelers fan, I, I have to bring it up. Um, what do you got coming on SI Monday Morning Quarterback this week? 
Uh, what the hell do I have coming? Um, I got film study coming tomorrow. Uh, I broke down three plays from last weekend. I have uh, the the quiet keys to watch, the matchups that are under the radar to watch in each of the games coming up in the divisional round. Uh, because there's only four games, we're going to expand on those pretty, pretty extensively. Um, I think that's pretty much it. And then this weekend, I have my column where I'll, I'll break down what the games mean for these teams long term in real time. So um, that's kind of, I got a little bit of a light week. We got a, I will say this, it's not coming out this week. It's practice coming out in February, but we got a top 50 free agents uh, list. It, I know that sounds all listicle, but. We're reaching out to agents. We're getting projections for every one of these guys. Like, Ooh, okay. what do you think the contract's going to be? For these guys? I'm going to take genuinely. Like, I'm not saying it's to like get people to read it. Some of them really surprised me. Like some of them were pretty much what I thought. Some of them really surprised me. And it'll be in the magazine next month, and it'll also be uh, online. And I'll, I'll let you know when that date is. I think it'll be right around after, right after the Super Bowl. Lovely stuff. Um, in terms of me, I'm writing about the Packers um, in terms of their their Young Guns crew uh, for USA Today. Doug Farrar, my head honcho at USA Today, will be joining us either Thursday or Friday. We're figuring out the day to preview the divisional round, so that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, follow the stuff, steal the stuff behind the steel curtain. Vertoram, I'm going to see you in, what, two weeks, I think, is when we're in Mobile for the senior. Mobile. Yes. Barbecue, burgers, and and. Oh, what the hell? A lot of uh, a lot of bourbon on SI. Yes. You know, I look forward to expensing that and getting an email. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to 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 see you. I'm excited to see everybody. Excited to see. Uh, there's a lot of big names that are going to be like the past few years we've gone. Like there's been you know the occasional you know big name in terms of like quarterbacks. Hey, Penix is going to be down there. That'll be you know, that'll be fun. They got a few big name receivers, offensive linemen. It's a it's a stacked uh, stacked year for the senior. Very good. Be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Appreciate you as always, buddy. Um, looking forward to uh, talking about Bill's Chiefs whenever it's all said and done. But enjoy your week, and I will see you soon. Sounds good, man. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Pump Bank. We'll see you later on the week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.